street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Do you have time to do an interview? Um, sure. Okay. How long does it take? I time it for five. Okay. Thank you. Are you okay if I record it? Sure. And live stream it? Sure. Okay. And at the end of the talk, if you're like weirded out about it or whatever, oh, okay. I won't use the footage. Appreciate you stopping. Sure. I have a marker here somewhere so I can take notes. Um, what is your first name? Amy. I'm Anthony. Anthony, nice to meet you. It's very My nice. My husband's name. Oh, okay. He goes by Tony. You know, I used to go by Tony, but yeah. um, when I graduated college, for some reason, I'm like, I'm done with Tony. New, call new, me. New, new stage. Yeah. yeah. And, and I have, when I go home, like, I have family members that still call me Dude, Tony. And yeah. my, my, wife, my wife is like, and my kids are like, <laughs> why are they calling you Tony? Yeah. Okay. So, I have five-minute chats with people. We pick a belief that you've constructed in your mind. Okay. It could be anything. Okay. But it needs to be something that you think is probably true or untrue. Okay. Like you think horoscopes are accurate or prayer works or you've seen a ghost. Okay. Karma's okay. real. God okay. exists. This is interesting. Yeah. Actually, my husband, Tony, would find this really interesting. Um, That's cool. <clears throat> let's see. There's several to choose from. Hmm. Um, <laughs> there is. Can I, what I found though is when it's a belief that tends to influence you regularly. Okay. Like we can talk about paper bags versus plastic, <laughs> but honestly, when it's something that right, right. profoundly impacts you, I think those okay. are the ones that resonate. Well, I'll go with I, I I'll go with I believe God exists. Okay. Um, and then there's several offshoots from that, but. <clears throat> like what? Like. Uh, well, I believe. I mean, I I uh, I also believe that prayer. Mm. Um, works even I mean honestly even if it's a placebo thing um, where it's just like a meditate you know because it's a meditation thing but um, yeah those are two big ones I guess okay so you uh, because you have this God belief mm -hmm. there are other beliefs that you have that are related to it I would say so okay yeah. gotcha yeah like I think if you don't believe God exists then I don't know that you put as much merit in prayer probably sure yeah well that makes total sense yeah. okay so Let's have a, just a friendly chat okay. on on uh, why you think that God exists and how you determined that it's actually true. Okay, that's that's a fair question. Um, well, I would say initially, I mean, a large measure of it was because I was raised in a, a faith household, um, and so when you're a child, you tend to you know parrot. But as I got older, um, and you start to um, go through college and question things like maybe I want to change my name um, you, you know I, I started questioning the the, um, the beliefs that I was raised in um, and I god I don't know that I can pinpoint one exact moment where my parents beliefs actually became I made them my own I don't know if that makes any sense like okay. I where I, like there was there was a time and it was probably I don't know maybe mid to late mid early to mid 20s maybe around grad school where I could say that um, like I, I started 
believing that there was a God, not because my parents told me that there was, but because that's just what I believe. Um, mm. Partially through experiences um, such as prayer. Um, again, I've, I'm enough of a science turned mind to know that there's, you know, studies that have come out showing that like a lot of prayer is just because it's a, like there's a meditation effect in your brain essentially. Um, okay. But. My husband is actually an atheist, so these are conversations that I've had I've had with him. Um, so part of it, I think, is is experience. Part of it is part of it is comfort. That's just I was that was a you know I was raised in a faith based tradition, so it was just something that I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then part of it, I think, is your identity. Like if it, I grew up so long, like it would be, and this is something that my husband understands and kind of frustrates him that he's like well you shouldn't just believe that there's a god just because you always have um but if it's part of who has been ingrained in you for so long like that's a tough thing to let go i'm not saying that's the only reason i believe there's a god but i certainly think that that's an element sure of it that was lovely uh, you covered so many things there so <laughs> i thought it, about it a lot <laughs> I, it's, I was gonna say it seems like you've like you've really had formed some opinions on why you have the belief right well, I've had to, given that my husband. I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine that that probably has has some bearing on it. Okay, boy, there's so many different ways we can go. Um, raised that way seems to be a big part of it. Let me mm-hmm. ask you this: You mentioned that you have experiences and you tie it to the God, and mm-hmm. then you pray and you get comfort from it, but you tie it to the God. Right. You have the sense of identity. You tie it to the God. Mm-hmm. But I guess my question might be. Are you predisposed to tying it to a specific God because you were raised this way with this belief? Probably. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yes, sure. Yeah. Um, whether or not that's correct or not I, is, is a fair question. Um, but sure, I would say I'm predisposed to tying it to one certain idea of God given the way yeah. that I was raised. Yeah. yeah. If you were raised in a completely different household mm-hmm. where they believed that Vishnu was right. one of many gods, right. would you be attributing these things, the prayers being answered and comfort and even this identity that you have? Probably. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, culture and the way that you're raised has, has a lot to do. Um, with how you view your own. I mean, so I guess, hmm, I've never actually thought of it quite this way. The experiences that I've had are very much real. Then what I attribute those experiences to are are influenced by my culture and how I was Got raised. Got you. I totally yeah. get that. And I'll repeat it back just to make sure okay. I understand it because okay. I don't want to misrepresent <laughs> you. Yeah. But I think what you're saying is, I know for sure that I'm having these experiences but what I'm attributing them to might actually be mistaken. Um, sure. If that's wrong, please set yeah. it straight. Um, I guess rather than, because I also, um, even though I was raised in a faith tradition that had the belief that like there's only, you know, only one way, only one right way. Mm. Um, as I've gotten older, I've come to, like I, I personally believe that there's, there's, I think it's a, it's a saying from some tradition, there's more than one way to the top of the mountain. Um, so I, rather than, I don't know, I guess mistake, mistaken I think is a strong word. I kind of feel like maybe there are many beliefs that are valid and not necessarily because I hold this doesn't mean that someone else is mistaken. That makes sense. 
Uh, I think so. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, I would me? say I would say that just because I attribute these experiences to. Um, maybe like the, Abra the Abrahamic God, mm. um, if someone over in India is attributing their experience to um, the Hindu gods, I wouldn't say that one of us is mistaken. I believe there's room for both of us to be right. Okay. Does that? Uh, <laughs> I, no, I, I completely understand like I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that because alternative me in another universe was raised in a Hindu tradition um, and attributes those experiences to a different god or set of gods mm -hmm. that that this universe me is mistaken and the parallel universe me is the one that's right like I would I would think yeah I'm flushing this out as I'm talking as I'm saying it that, so. that's the nice thing about these talks is that I found is that sometimes people realize that just the act of having the talk right helps them get a better sense of the belief, which yeah. is why one of the reasons why I like to do these talks. Yeah, yeah. So that people kind of think about the belief a little more. What is this project, if I may ask? Well, I'm doing something called street epistemology. Okay. Where your husband might be very interested in it. Yeah. Maybe you too, but. Uh, streak? Street. Street. Like street. you're on a street. Okay. Although you don't have to go out on the street. Right, right. But it's basically just engaging with a person on a claim. Okay. Like a God exists. Mm-hmm and asking questions to determine how they can be so sure that it's true. Okay. Now, I didn't ask you at the start how sure you were. It's something that I like to ask on a scale from zero to 100. Right, okay. Um, can I give the parameters of the scale too? Sure. 100%, there's no question in my mind, there's no doubt, I yeah. know that it's true. Uh -huh. I know this God exists. Yeah. 0%, I've got questions. Right. I, sometimes I occasionally doubt. I don't know that it's true. Right. I don't think that it's true. I would say that the um, the rational side of me would say, you know, maybe 80. And the emotional side of me would say 100. <laughs> are there these, are there two different parts of your mind that we're talking about here? There's a rational side and an emotional side? Um, sure. I mean, right? We're all kind of composed of... of the things that we know or think intellectually versus the things that we that we feel emotionally okay. and sometimes they work and sing together and sometimes they're at odds with one another I don't my this personal belief that I hold I wouldn't say that my rational mind and my emotional self are at odds with each other about it because um, they're actually pretty tied right, like 800 yeah, yeah yeah like emotionally like I feel like 100% certain like rationally I'm like okay well there's Eight billion people on the earth and all these different faith traditions and like the rational side of me understands that like yeah you know who am i to claim that i have like the one the one way okay. but i guess i know for me like that's what i like that's what i want to hold on to i guess could we do just a quick little thought experiment okay uh it'll take like a minute okay and then you can go on the trail where we can keep talking all right but i carry this little thing of candies okay here in my pocket mm -hmm. um i honestly have never counted them Okay. Okay, and I'm tempted to eat them. I've, I've actually thought about gluing this shut, so I don't. But anyways, um, orange is a good flavor. <laughs> I love these. They're just tempting me. So, would you agree that there is either an even number, a total of candies here, even or a total of candies? Well, I'm a mathematician, odd? so I would say if you're in the real number world, yes. But you can be in, you could be, you know, in a, a different, a different uh, number-based system, and then that would not necessarily be. Oh, I see what you're saying. But <laughs> we could have a culture where one is even, right, and two is odd, right. Okay. Accounting for that possibility, <laughs> <laughs> let's say that every human agreed that one is odd, and two, and two is even, even. And, and so forth. Yes. 
then yes, there is an even, either an even number or an odd number in there. Whether we go to Bangalore, India, where people believe in Vishnu, right. or we're here in the United States where most people if believe in... If you're all in, on the real number system, then everybody, yes, there's, there's a definition, like an underlying definition of even versus odd that humans don't control. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So if we were to, just to kind of belabor the point here, but yes. if we were to add these up, uh -huh. count them together, and we came up with 45, mm -hmm. anyone that said that they believed 100% that there was an even number, as we currently define the word even, right. <laughs> is it fair to say that they would be incorrect, that they would be mistaken? Um, if they're in the real number system, yes. Um, if you were in, um, if you were in Z43, then no. <laughs> okay. Because there are different ways of numbering, like there's different ways of, of numbering, like the way, the base 10 number system that we use is totally arbitrary. Um, well, not totally arbitrary, we have 10 fingers, mm. because that's why we kind of like developed the base 10 number system. But, um, but there are, I mean, there's binary system, hexagonal, like there's all sorts of other systems mm -hmm. using different bases. We can, can create our own. Out. You and I could probably create some sort of numerical well, system. Well, the, the base right? 10 is, yeah, exactly. I mean, the base 10 was created, created, created by me. I mean, there are numerical properties, like, like zero of something is fundamentally physically different than one of something. Like mm -hmm. that's just like a fundamental, like it doesn't matter what your numbering system is, like a zero is a different than a, is a different than a one. Um, but once you get past that, depending on your different numbering system, yeah. even an odd take on different meaning, 45 can equal to, like it's, yeah. Okay. But here on earth in 2017, mm -hmm. the majority of the population if you Across haven't studied mathematics world. or advanced, yeah, advanced engineering or physics, then you probably don't know about the different numbering systems. But that doesn't mean that yeah. they don't exist. Right. Um, fundamentally, mm -hmm. do you have difficulty uh, pointing out to somebody when you think that they're mistaken? Like, yes. Do you have a tendency to give people a pass on a lot of things? Well, okay. So I'm actually, well, ah, da, da, da. Professionally, no. Um, like I, I'm a college professor, and so if my students are, I'm like, yeah, I teach math. Um, I'm a math professor, so oh. if my students are wrong, I have no issue, <laughs> like no issue pointing them in the air of their ways. Um, okay. But on a more, um, on a more, but that's but math is just about as objective as you can get. Like you said, 45 or 44, right? Like that's yeah. like either it is or it isn't. Um, versus when you start to get to more subjective. Um, opinions and things, or my personal life, then yes, I do tend to um, be. I'm also uh, conflict avoider, so mm. I tend to like. Yeah, I don't. I don't usually. My brother has no issue with that, but um, but he's the one at Thanksgiving that my sister's always like. <laughs> um, so yes, I do. I do have more of an issue with mm. like like pointing out to someone when when I think that they're wrong. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that 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 character? Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that characteristic. That char or, thank you. Uh -huh. Do you think that that characteristic is potentially holding you into belief that a God exists? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it might not actually be true, but you might have a tendency to actually think that it exists because of this I don't know. Character. I haven't thought about that. I will, I will from the future. Um... That's interesting because my husband is actually no, not afraid of confrontation at all and is definitely not afraid of like calling people out like when they're doing something that he thinks is wrong or whatever. Mm. And um, and he 
you know, 30 years ago did decide to break from his faith tradition. So there very well might be like some sort of a uh, personality trait. I'm sure that actually, I'm sure that there are like personality traits of people who are more likely to stay in the faith tradition they were raised versus people who are more willing to break free, okay. break, break out of it. There's probably something to that. Are you, so <laughs> I understand what you might yep. be saying is you might be less willing to say that you're more correct than somebody else on mm -hmm. subjective claims like God's existing because it's sort of in your character, it's in your nature to do so? Yeah, I think that there's, yeah, there's probably, yeah, there's probably some truth to that. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Versus my husband's, like, not afraid to call out anybody and be <laughs> like, you know. I mean, he's not one of those, like, uh, he's not an aggressive atheist where he goes around, like, putting people down for not for believing in God, but he certainly doesn't shy away from the conversation. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he might actually like street epistemology. Yeah, I think I, I've, he might. I've got a card here. Okay. And I really enjoyed the talk. Yeah. These talks are usually much more productive if we could have several conversations, like two or okay. three. But I, you're not obligated to do that at all. Okay. Sometimes one is enough to like help a person kind of think about the belief formation. And yeah. Can something be true even though I might be inclined to just give everyone a pass on their beliefs? Hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, here's, I actually, um, I've got a, a colleague who I work with at the college where I teach, who, um, he teaches English, which is more of a subjective, and um, one of the, there's this, um, uh, maybe you're familiar with like dualism, like the, I like, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a pedagogical term. Um, so like when students first, um, get out of high school and are like, you know, first year in college and they're 17, 18, at that age, their brain is still very much in like a dualistic phase, which means everything is black and everything is white. And there's no in between the teacher has the answer. I don't have any answers hmm. like versus the more we're trying to get to them, to, where we're trying to get them by the time they graduate is there are gray areas. The professor might not always have the answers. You might have legitimate questions. You can come up with knowledge yourself you don't always have to look to an expert for knowledge like mm -hmm. you have that power within yourselves but um but usually a typical 17 18 year old is not in not able not in that mindset like mm. they're like no you're the professor you have all mm. the answers and they have to more come of a deference you. to authority yes absolutely. seeing things black and white absolutely. And we want to get them to be like more of a critical thinker and like okay That's no you very can interesting. you can and so one of the things that this guy does is he um he holds up a mouse pad so that like half half the room is on this side of the mouse pad and half the room is on this side of the mouse pad. And he asks them, what color is the mouse pad? And on one side, the mouse pad has like the NBC logo and everything like that. On the other side, it's just the back of the mouse pad, so it's black. Mm. And so half the room says, oh, it's, you know, green and purple. And the other half of the room says it's black. He's like, are you both wrong? Are you both, you know, you know he shows them both sides. It's like, are you both wrong? Are you both right? Okay. He's like, you're both right. You're just looking at it from different from different angles, from mm -hmm. different perspectives. Like truth doesn't have to be. Now, don't I'm also I, I do believe that there are you know some absolute truth. Well, do I believe there are absolute truths? Probably yes. But um, regarding the God question, is well, there, God, I mean, yeah, is there an absolute truth? Yes or no? I don't know that there is, actually. I mean, it's, it's so. This kind of goes back to like me not wanting to like for you know like to me that to me it is an absolute truth that God exists. <laughs> but like I wouldn't, but I would have a lot of trouble like telling someone saying to someone who doesn't believe in God like you're wrong. Like no, like that's the conclusion that you've come to, and that's the truth for you. Which I guess means I don't think it's an absolute truth. But for me, I am at that, especially emotionally, I am at that hundred percent certainty that God. I don't. So that's a yeah. 
Because you can't even really say I took a I took a philosophy class in college where I learned that um because another thing that I think a lot of people would say like is an absolute truth because like, it's 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 bad to kill people right murder is wrong and um I took this philosophy class where our professor told us about this culture I think they live in the south uh, South Pacific I'm gonna move into the shade a little bit because I, I didn't put on sunscreen oh yeah sorry um do you want some water no it's okay okay I think I've got some in my car um but uh, he told us about this culture in the South Pacific where like the main their main form of trade and nutrition and everything is because of the coconuts, like within the coconut trees. And so it's the men, actually the whole culture, they all, they climb the coconut trees and get the coconuts. And when they do that, like there are people at the base of the coconut tree essentially shaking the tree, like trying to shake the person out of the tree. Um, and the idea is so People from their own culture, yeah, their yeah. own tribe? Yeah, like their family, their own family, like family members, yeah. And the idea is like once you get too old to be able to like hold yourself up in the coconut tree then you're able to be shaken out but that's like it's just understood like it's not it's not murder to them it's just like that's what ha that's the circle of life like you're too old to like oh, wow. be up in so so i mean and that's like one like slice of an example mm -hmm. most cultures would say that murder well that would wrong. seem to suggest that <clears throat> morality is subjective right yeah, which, yeah, which, which again, to me, as like a 19-year-old taking a philo you know, college philosophy class for the first time was like mind-blowing. <laughs> right. Like, what? Like, morality yeah. is not black and white. So, um, so yeah, I guess my answer is, I guess I don't. If I sat down and really thought about it, I guess I could probably come up with some things that I thought were absolute truths. But on the God claim. On the God claim. Yeah, it's I, I the logical side of me totally understands that it's a contradiction for me to say that for me it's an absolute truth, but for others it's not. I realize that that like okay, well then it's not an absolute truth, but I don't know if that makes any sense. It totally does. Yeah. Well, I won't hold you up anymore. Okay. If you want to, feel free to get on the trail and. All right. Some people will take a picture of the card and put a reminder on their phone to oh, message okay. me like in a month, like okay. or whatever. You know, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. And I, sometimes I get messages out of the blue like. Yeah, I was really thinking about the talk, and and now I, I no longer believe that, or I'm less confident that it's true, or now I'm more confident because I found these other reasons. Okay. That type of thing. Also, I have to say, I think that you're pretty good at this because I don't know what like, like, you're very good at just asking questions and not placing your bias over the top of them because I can't like I can't tell from our conversation like which side you fall on as far as mm. like absolute versus mm. relative versus there is a God versus there's not a God, which is necessary for being like a good like interviewer for this type of request. Okay. Well, maybe I'll just keep it a secret then. <laughs> exactly. well, I, could, I could tell you if you want, but <laughs> whatever. I mean, if you think that there's a chance that we might talk again mm -hmm. and we can continue to talk, that neutrality might be best if I preserved it. Agreed. Yeah. And then maybe yeah. we, someday I can, you know, if you care, I yeah. can disclose, you know, my, my I think my views. husband would really be interested in talking with you as well. I, I imagine so. so. Yeah. Yeah, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Well, thank Amy, you, thank you. That was really a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you so Have much. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Very animated talker. Very fast talker. I feel sorry for the people that might have to translate that video, but I think that was a great talk. She was very comfortable talking about her views. She's a believer. 100% sure her God exists emotionally, 80% sure the God exists rationally, and she's married to an atheist. And she has lots of conversations with her husband about this belief and probably other beliefs that she holds. A large part of the reason why she believes it is because she was raised that way. She seemed to kind of go the relativistic route that truths might be subjective, which is why I broke out the candy. 
Interestingly also, she's a math teacher. I really got a sense of the, the internal struggle that she seems to be going through. Is there really an objective truth? Is truth subjective? It contradicts everything that I've been raised and taught growing up, yet I'm married to somebody that doesn't think that way, and I have conversations with people about it. In math, there are certain things that are objectively true. These are yes-no questions. It was also really nice to hear there at the end that she couldn't tell my position on the topic, which is exactly what I'm trying to go for. And I think is very helpful for people who are critics of this method because they'll often say that we're pushing a person towards a conclusion. And Amy, it seemed, didn't feel that way at all. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.